0: Good
1: afternoon and welcome into this July 12th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here as we... Uh, uh, go go through some changes uh, in our schedule this afternoon as we are picking up the Berkeley Post-14 Hornets now home game against the North Berkeley Knights. Originally not on our schedule, uh, but now on our schedule as we'll be at P.O. Faulkner Park. It'll be a doubleheader beginning at 5 p.m. We'll be on the air around 4.45 on Radio, Comcast Channel 10, and WRNR TV on YouTube and uh it, it's uh obviously we talked north berkeley or we, we've talked berkeley post 14 over the last couple of days but you looking at the north berkeley Knights sitting at 9 and 16 on the season coming off a 27 to 6 loss to the martinsburg blue Sox on monday it's a team in its first season in existence and it's a team that's gone through some growing pains but also had some nice wins on their season so far
2: Yeah, it'll be our first time seeing them this year. Uh, Obviously, you know, familiar with a lot of the kids. So excited to see how they match up with uh, Berkeley post-14. A little bit of a rivalry there, considering that the kids all know each other, um, which always adds to some friendly competition. So, you know, should be a good matchup. Um, You know, I'm interested to see how it plays out. North Berkeley's a little bit, uh, younger than post-14. They do have some kids that are around the same age or the same age, but they do have a few younger guys on their team. So, you know, we'll see if they uh, can keep up with Berkeley, uh, challenge them, and if they do, and even if they don't win, but if they are able to make it close in both of these games, we could be looking at a really interesting area tournament because Potomac Valley already took a game from the Hornets. So, um, you know, looking forward to the game. And uh, should be, you know, some fun matchups to see a lot of Hedgesville, Spring Mills guys, uh, how they match up with their either their teammates or former teammates, um, you know, when they take the field this afternoon.
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to get to see the other side of the local talent in the area that we haven't got to see yet this year. And even though you look at it on paper, you probably favor post-14 pretty heavily in this one we'll see how north berkeley can handle them and maybe it gives them an advantage knowing all the other players and the tendencies but that probably cancels out on both sides i'm still looking forward to tonight's two games because the two teams haven't played each other yet and i'm hoping for some solid baseball
1: it'll be a doubleheader once again uh you know one one game will be uh as the home team for um the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets in the other game will be a home game for the North Berkeley Knights as uh, it's got to fulfill the area requirements to get to the area tournament that will be next week. But you have to play a team home and away throughout the season that's in your area. And uh, it should be a good one then again, 445. We'll have the pregame coverage live from P.O. Faulkner Park with 5 p.m. the first pitch for game one and then most likely around a 7 p.m. first pitch for game two. Uh, the Hornets, obviously, it's been a few days since they've played, so they should probably have all their pitching available.
2: Yeah, I would think so. I'll be interested to see how uh, Coach Triptor- Tobin uses his uh, you know, staff and who he throws out there, uh, with it being two games, with the fact that, obviously, these guys are pretty familiar with each other. That could also... Impact some things, but also you need to win these games. I believe he said the other day they need to at least outscore them in both games to if they end up splitting to lock up the one. So, yeah, you know, you need to obviously take it pretty seriously and, and throw out probably some good pitchers here today to make sure that happens. So, um, you know, it should be a good matchup i think it'll be interesting to see how he uses his pitching though because you don't want to show too much even though they are familiar with you either way so i don't know how much it matters but um yeah looking forward to it and it all depends on who's available too i mean at this point in the year i think most guys will probably be available but you never know it is the summer so
3: yeah i mean you'd like to see everybody available and focused on these two games and then the game on saturday because we're now under a week away from the area tournament that will be hosted at po faulkner and we'll have coverage of as well so getting the job done tonight should be priority number one before you focus on the rest of that especially because you want to lock up that one seed and have the buy if you're post 14
1: Yeah, you definitely do. Once again, it'll be 4.45 with pregame coverage, 5 p.m. for Game 1. Game 2 set for around 7 p.m. between Post 14 and the North Berkeley Knights on Radio, Comcast Channel 10, and on WRNR TV on YouTube. Let's turn our attention to West Virginia men's hoops. The other day we talked about uh, Jose Perez, who had entered the transfer portal last week. Not a lot of, of... been heard about him since he entered the portal well yesterday joe tipton of on three sports reported on twitter uh that uh, he's garnered interest from another school and that school being xavier so that adds to the list of oregon gonzaga georgia tech cal and michigan uh he is set to visit michigan at the end of the month so no rush for him um and obviously west virginia there the staff with coach Eilert still trying to recruit him back to Morgantown but another team enters the mix so that brings the total now to seven teams if you include West Virginia
3: yeah i really wanted to see Perez as a Mountaineer as well because we didn't get to see him last year even though he was a big Huggins guy so I ultimately think he's gonna go somewhere else because of that and Huggins situation obviously no longer with the Team And all the other stuff that's going on right now at this time between him and the university, I think, will draw Perez away from the program, unfortunately, for him because he did well at Manhattan. Hopefully he finds a spot, though. And if it is Morgantown, great. If not, best of luck to him because he's a quality player.
2: I had never seen him play so I don't really have any thoughts on
3: <laughs> Alright let's
1: move on continue it to uh, talk more about this Bob Huggins situation we've talked about it now all three days this week on the show uh, but it was announced yesterday that uh, Robert Fitzsimmons of Fitzsimmons law firm sent a letter to Stephanie Taylor the general counsel for West Virginia University stating quote Stephanie please be advised that myself and my law firm no longer represent Bob Huggins in connection with any matter related to West Virginia University therefore it is no longer necessary for you to provide me with the document slash information I requested in my July seventh email end quote that July seventh email was asking about the benefits that he would possibly have uh, after the fact now of what he gets when it comes to retirement and, and among those things uh, so he's only has two he still has two lawyers now that represent him but uh, the story every day just continues to unfold and it's not looking good for Bob Huggins
3: Yeah, it doesn't look like it is, but he's still going to try and put pressure on WVU to either get his job back or figure out some sort of settlement. And as I said time and time again, it's coming down to money. I think with this situation, he's not getting the money that he was going to get this season, and he wants a part of that, especially because of the fine that he got.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Colin's right about this. I don't really see this going i mean it wasn't going to go well for him either way because even if somehow he won the case like wvu wasn't going to keep him as their coach and now that your lawyer's backing out that's kind of a bad sign that maybe the lawyer doesn't really see this going anywhere so or who knows what else went on behind the scenes but um yeah i just don't really see this working out for huggins yeah, and I thought it was going to anyway. Really. That's what
1: I was going to say. I feel like not many people believed it was going to work out for him at all. As you kind of you build your grave and you lay in it with uh, what he did on the radio in May, and then uh, blowing nearly three times the legal limit of, in a DUI, which apparently will go away because of a first-time offenders program in the state of Pennsylvania, which is crazy to me. How do you? How does a nearly three times the legal limit blood alcohol content just? poof, go away. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford and Martinsburg, they became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We'll be back after this two-minute break.
0: I do about you now?
2: Join us this summer for the thrill of American Legion Baseball on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. The Berkeley Post 14 Hornets are the premier team in the area, and you don't want to miss one second of the action. The next pitch to Baden Hartman is cracked out the deep left field. That ball is going, going, gone! A three-run homer! The Hornets begin their season on June 3rd. We'll have coverage all the way through the area tournament July 18th through the 22nd at P.O. Faulkner Park.
1: Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Rated WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. We'll have Dylan later on tonight for the game, uh, but he is off this afternoon until tonight. Uh, but uh, how about this? A... As we get closer to July 20th, the day that the NFL owners will vote on, will vote inevitably that Dan Snyder is out as owner of the Washington Commanders franchise and that Josh Harris and his group are now the official owners, that's eight days away, Colin. Eight days couldn't come fast enough, but uh, Don Van Netta Jr. and Seth Wickersham of ESPN have put out a new story. Basically, it was how the leak of John's Gruden, John Gruden's emails led to the fall of Commander's owner Dan Snyder, and it's a very, very big piece on ESPN, and surprisingly, it's a free piece. It's not an ESPN Plus piece, uh, which usually you see when it comes to things like this, but it it is a lot, a lot to break down this just coming out this morning. Uh, Potentially, we might be able to get Seth Wickersham on the show as I've reached out to him to see if he's able to come on the show to kind of break this thing down some more tomorrow. Uh, But uh, it is a lot, and it alleges a lot, and uh, it's a lot to break down. What have you taken from it so far, I haven't
3: read the entire piece yet because, as you mentioned, it is a very, very big story that goes from the start of it all where Gruden's fired by the Oakland Raiders – because of pressure put on by the NFL, with this leaking of multiple of his emails from the past that had racial slurs, homophobic slurs, you name it. It was there, unfortunately. And it then later came out as, who leaked this? Who was it? And it from multiple sources to ESPN... Kind of finalizes it down to three different groups or three different people, depending on the way you want to look at it. And that's really as far as I got, I I didn't go into the part with how it affected Dan Snyder, even though it potentially could have been Dan Snyder that leaked the emails because he wanted to kind of deflect all the negativity from him and put it more on Bruce Allen and eventually Gruden. Because the first email for Gruden was to Bruce Allen using a racial slur about the NFL PA chief in Demarius. I'm trying to remember his last name. Smith, thank you. And he's also somebody that they think could potentially have been one of the ones to leak it because he saw obviously it was negative about him and he wanted to get it gruden and then another person who has multiple times denied this even though everybody has kind of other than smith actually it looked like in the article i'd have to yeah. go more into that is roger goodell and top nfl executives who all 100 percent deny those allegations that it was that
1: yeah i think we have the time so i want to do this there is a piece here from ESPN. So this piece courtesy of ESPN will obviously just play the audio for it. It's about three and a half minutes long. It, It discusses it all and it breaks it down a lot better than we could for people that have not had the whole time to read that full article that was
4: published about three hours ago. In October, 2021, Dan Snyder was serving his punishment after the NFL's investigation into Washington's toxic workplace culture. But the billionaire owner was antsy. He wanted back into the NFL's good graces. Snyder thought leaking a handful of misogynistic and racist emails written by then Raiders head coach and longtime Roger Goodell antagonist John Gruden might do the NFL League office a favor. So he authorized a New York law firm to publicize them, multiple sources told ESPN. But Snyder wasn't alone. A cast of powerful executives in league circles also had access to the leaked emails and motives to make them public. The emails, uncovered by the NFL's investigation, ignited public furor and renewed media interest, unleashing a chain of events that led to Snyder's eventual crash, sources told ESPN. Sources say those with access to some of the emails included Goodell, Players Association Chief Demoris Smith, and Desiree Perez, the CEO of Jay-Z's Rock Nation, which has a contract to help the NFL with social justice messaging. Sources say that each party was anonymously involved in the leaks, but precisely how the email circulated may never be known. Sources say Perez, a commander's board member, played a role in the leak operation. Goodell and the league wanted to off Gruden and seem like they were tough on racism. This was a gift. In a letter to ESPN, an attorney representing Perez said that she had no role whatsoever in the leaking of any emails. In one email, Gruden used racist language to describe Smith. According to a source with firsthand knowledge, Smith bragged that he had authorized the leak of that email to the Wall Street Journal. The same time he was facing a contentious union vote to remain as NFLPA leader. The journal published its story hours before the referendum, and Smith kept his job by one vote. Owners and executives have long seen Smith as an asset. Four owners told ESPN they believe the commissioner was personally involved with the leaked emails. After a second leak to the New York Times featured Gruden criticizing Goodell using homophobic language, Gruden was forced to resign. NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy told ESPN neither the NFL nor the commissioner leaked Coach Gruden's offensive emails. Spokespersons for the NFLPA and the commanders declined to comment about the leaks. A partner at Reed Smith, Snyder's law firm, said the firm never leaked any of the emails. The leaks backfired. Within days, a congressional committee opened an investigation into Snyder, his football team, and the NFL. A source close to the committee told ESPN that their decision to act was a direct result of the leaks. The leaks were a major miscalculation, a source close to Snyder told ESPN. Without the leaks, he might just have survived. That courtesy of ESPN
1: there, as it was uh, Don Van Netta Jr. and Seth Wickersham's story uh, I don't necessarily know that he would have survived without all that because the, all the financial improprieties and things. But they like would that. have
3: never looked at that.
1: I mean, I guess that's that's true because it was the congressional hearing that caused all that to be looked at. Yeah. But there had to be another tip. At some point, but the, that that was a lot of insight there in it that is. three and a half minute spot. Nick, your thoughts on this?
2: I mean. I don't know. I'm kind of, like, over the whole Dan Snyder story at this point. You guys said it, you know, eight days until he's no longer the owner. So, you know, what leaked what or who leaked what, it's all kind of... We're never going to know for sure, so... And, I mean, the Gruden thing happened, like, two or three years ago at this point, so...
3: I wouldn't be surprised if they were all in collusion together to leak it. Maybe had Snyder as a scapegoat for it because they knew... And probably at the same time, Goodell wanted him out because of the things before that, even though it was supposed to be a gift, quote-unquote, according to Snyder. And you heard it from Perez there in that three and a half minutes to the NFL about Goodell. At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL colluded with him and with Smith but had Snyder as the ultimate scapegoat if it was found out on who leaked it
1: you know what else has not come to light yet? Any of those investigations? Yeah. The Mary Joe White investigation, just like the one, what was the one that came out in the summer of 2021? That there was no record of any paper copy of it all.
3: Yeah, it was all verbal or whatever. Uh,
1: but the Mary Joe White investigation was supposed to come out a year ago. And it keeps being pushed back. So I think it's pretty interesting how none of that has come out. Will we see anything come out after he's gone? Do you think that, Colin?
3: Probably, yeah, but it won't matter because he's already gone, right? I mean, you can say, wow, he was as bad as we thought. Good thing he's gone. But it won't change it because he's already gone. I mean, if he wasn't gone and it happened, it'd put even more pressure on the NFL. But since we're eight days away, it's most likely going to be approved in the sale nothing's going to happen after that and unless somehow some way there could be jail time but i doubt it
1: i guess the nfl has urged to release or has been urged to release the mary joe white commander's report probably won't happen uh but uh not a lot of information really since may so here we are two months later and nothing's really come out about it. But but uh, here's a question Who leaked the Gruden emails? Were the top NFL executives, Chief NFL PA, uh, NFL PA Chief DeMore Smith, or should I say former NFL PA Chief DeMore Smith, Daniel Snyder, or the Lady Perez from Rock Nation? What do you think, Nick? Snyder. You think it was Snyder? Yeah, why not? I think it was Snyder.
3: As I said, it was probably all together, but ultimately. Snyder as a gift, knowing though the the NFL 100% knew and was okay with him doing it.
1: It's just a little ridiculous at this point. We don't have any concrete information about anything, Uh, but we do have concrete this morning. A report came out from Adam Schefter. The NFL has picked the Jets to be on Hard Knocks at the NFL, and NFL Films have selected the New York Jets to service this year's team on HBO's Hard Knocks, sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter today. The Jets, who report to training camp next Wednesday, have been in the media, obviously, because of uh, four-time NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the league's criteria for teams to be eligible for Hard Knocks eliminates teams with first-year head coaches, teams that have qualified for the playoffs the past two seasons, and teams that have appeared on the show in the last 10 seasons which left four teams as a possibility one being the jets the bears the saints and the commanders i would have liked it to be the commanders just to see what the new ownership would have been involved with uh, and if they would have shown them on there uh But uh, ultimately, it goes to the Jets, who appeared in 2010 on Hard Knocks. And Nick, you uh, brought out a big phrase from Hard Knocks earlier, right?
2: Well, I just... I mean, Rex Ryan was amazing on Hard Knocks. He had so many great lines, but uh, he's obviously not the coach anymore. Maybe they should bring him back just for Hard Hard Knocks. Knocks, Just to be featured on Hard Knocks? Yeah, just to be featured. Does he still work for ESPN? Maybe. They probably let him go when they cut everybody else if he doesn't. Yeah. But, um in terms of I think this is a good choice out of those teams you know Aaron Rodgers new team I think that's exciting he's obviously you know a charismatic guy in some ways I don't know if that's the right word he's an interesting guy (laughs) I don't don't know if charismatic is the right word but you know he's an interesting guy uh and I think the fact that he's kind of like rejuvenated but also he still has his weirdness to him I think will be entertaining um now in terms of other people on the jets that would be entertaining i don't know if they have a lot of big personalities besides rogers because they're kind of young but it's also a big part of hard knocks is you know seeing the young guys and seeing if they can make the team or not so i think that could be you know interesting as well so i think of the teams that they decided were eligible I like that choice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be interesting to see like Sauce Gardner and uh, yeah, you know, that's true. Gardner. Those young guys that have already made a name for themselves in the league. I feel like after just one season and Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson, uh, Corey Davis, you know, a guy on there as well. Corey uh,
2: Davis is still in the Jets.
3: Yeah, I'm waiting to see He's
1: like their fifth receiver. Mc- uh, McCall Hardman's on the Jets. I didn't realize he was signed. I'm waiting
2: yeah, to neither.
3: see if we get to see any of the possible toxicity with Zach Wilson towards Aaron Rodgers or any animosity who knows i mean we we heard before Rodgers was signed Wilson say that he was going to make it a living hell for any yeah, and
2: then other Aaron quarterback and he hasn't made in. my life a living hell or something like that he, he might
3: say him. that but what i mean if things change
2: what's he really going to do like if he i don't know but if he does be, cause problems they're just going to cut him because it's yeah. not good so it's i'd like, love to see that that would be very interesting if TV. that happened on Hard Knocks. He gets yeah. cut because of Chad all the Johnson shenanigans. Got cut on Hard Knocks when with the Dolphins. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was that was crazy.
1: Uh, but the Jets will be on the next edition of Hard Knocks. The premiere date has not been announced, but Hard Knocks traditionally begins in August and has aired on Tuesday nights in that in the past. So we'll be waiting an aired date, but that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer but you can get your Traeger Grills at Orsini's at 360 Way in Martinsburger online at Orsini's.com We come back, we'll talk about the uh, Midsummer Classic last night It was a win for the NL team for the first time in 11 years, but only 10 games. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned in to Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes. In a long time, till I bumped into some of your friends over there talking to
2: mine. Mommy, where does flavor come from? Well, um, when people love food, they cook it on a Traeger grill.
0: Meat, even pie. (laughs) And then the Traeger does the rest which brings everyone to celebrate this beautiful thing that they've created. Because when you share delicious food with your friends, that's the flavor of
4: life. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. WV Medicine is pleased to announce that robotic-assisted total hip and knee replacement with the new Zimmer Biomet Rosa is now offered right here in the Eastern Pain Handle at both Berkeley Medical Center and Jefferson Medical Center. The information provided by the Rosa results in more precise and accurate hip and knee replacements than ever before. WV Medicine is proud to offer this technology and be a leader in orthopedic surgery in the Eastern Region. For more info, call 304-725-BONE.
0: Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Two on, two out, and a 2-2 pitch. Ramirez swings and misses. Cameron slams the door. The National League's finally back on top. Its first All-Star game win since 2012. Two on, two out, and a 2-2 pitch. Ramirez James misses.
1: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. That highlight courtesy of MLB on Fox as the NL wins for the first time since 2012. Craig Kimbrel, <laughs> outside, buddy name, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Craig Kimbrell. Uh, <laughs> Craig Kimbrell. Gets the save in the game. I don't know.
3: What happened there? I don't know. That happened? What? It's yours. Just it. just Colin, it, it's yours. I'm not touching it, though, so I don't know why, but that is strange. You want to
1: unplug her and then plug her back in?
3: Yeah, I'll figure something out.
1: All right. Well, uh, the NL wins last night for the first time since 2012. Uh, we were all hoping, I think I- at least two of us were not too certain about Nick, that uh, would have gone to extras, which isn't extras in the all-star game it's a home run derby where they select three players but that didn't happen this year is a 3-2 victory for the NL over the AL and uh it was really that home run by um Elas 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 Diaz uh as Nick Castellanos scored uh, on the top of the eighth inning to uh you know, make it's it 3-2. Elias. Elias, Elias, excuse Diaz. me. Elias Diaz. Uh, but uh, Felix Bautista gets the uh, loss as well as the blown save on the game. And uh, all these, I saw all these Orioles fans up in arms yesterday because it was made public that uh, Kenley Jansen was going to get the ninth inning and all these, these uh, Orioles fans were PO'd that uh, it wasn't going to be Bautista. But what does he do? He goes and screws up the game.
3: Well, I mean, maybe if you put him in the ninth, things go differently. But it was still a great game. Nonetheless, a entertaining, low-scoring one that had a lot of drama because of the home runs at different times. And great place to start off the game. Two catches at the wall in the top of the first. Uh, overall, great. Yeah, I agree. Would have been cool to see an extra home run derby swing off, whatever you want to call it, instead of extra innings or because I'm biased in an AL slash Oriole fan, I, I wanted to see one more batter because on deck was Adley Rutschman, and to have a bases-loaded opportunity to walk off for him.
1: But he was already over 1. Would have been cool. He was already I said
3: for opportunity. One. I didn't say
1: um, getting it. But. Who do we think, hypothetically speaking, who would have been the three batters for each team? I don't think you make the guys that played in the home run derby do that a night after because we saw, uh, who was it? One of the guys is actually going on the IL with tightness in his hamstring i think
3: yeah so i mean on the al side you probably go Otani. yeah as an obvious choice if you're not going guys that actually did the derby but i'm gonna still include two other guys that were in the derby and that's still probably julio and vlad jr
1: yeah i think for the nl you gotta you gotta do last year's winner of the um home run derby and you got to make juan soto on there as well he went one for three in his appearances maybe uh freddie freeman as well uh potentially i don't know who your third guy would be you Gotta you go think?
3: alonzo right even though he was kind of underwhelming
1: i don't
2: know maybe what do you think nick i don't know i'm kind of surprised some of those guys made the all-star team did Pete Alonso play last night? I don't think Alonzo is on the All-Star team. Yeah, I don't think he is, Colin. Because <laughs> he's yeah, bad he in like 220. He
3: came into pinch-hint for Olsen. Yeah. He struck out well, twice. He shouldn't be on the All-Star
2: team.
1: <laughs> oh, there he is. Yeah, so he did strike out too twice much this year. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Juan Soto would have been big the guy, one of the guys for the NL. But tough. nonetheless, we've got the second half of the MLB season coming up. Um, will it be a second-half collapse for yours, the Baltimore Orioles? or will they
2: I kind of doubt it yeah i've been playing pretty well here in the uh or the i think that last series against minnesota gave me a little bit more confidence that they won't collapse because they did have a little bit of a rough stretch so i think you know going up there and, and getting a sweep and none of the games being too close um you know gives you a lot more confidence that this team's going to continue to be successful i think Another thing is that their young guys are coming up. They seem to be playing well. Uh, Obviously, they need to make some moves here at the deadline. Uh, I don't know how much will be available at the deadline because it doesn't seem like Otani or anybody. I mean, not that they were going to go get Otani or anything necessarily, but the big names that were maybe expected to be available may not be, uh, and there weren't a ton of big names that were necessarily expected to be out there, so... They'll have to add a pitcher, I still think. They could obviously call up Grayson Rodriguez. John Means may come back, but you know, how much are those guys going to help this team? I don't know. Wait, is he not on the roster? Who? Means? or Yeah, Means has been he's injured. Or, yeah, he's, he's injured. He's coming off of Tommy John, I think. Oh. Yeah. You talked to him. That's why yeah, I was Yeah, he confused. was still there he's rehabbing. There he's still rehabbing. Yeah.
3: part of the 40-man with the team and not in Florida or any situation like that yet.
2: But so... I think they need to add some guys here at the deadline, but um, I I like where this team's at, and I think they're young, they're talented, and they potentially have some guys they could trade to get a piece.
3: And I was talking with Dylan and agree that they need to make some moves at the deadline and preferably with pitching, but do you want to see him go after starting pitching or relief? Which one is really more of your worry especially because if you more think worry right now but if means you can get a big time
2: starter then i'd be fine with that too. if
3: means comes back and is solid that i
2: think means is coming it, right, off injury yes. is he really going to be much that
3: and you don't know when he's coming back too i don't think he's coming back to next if year. rodriguez comes up is he going to kind of go back to how he was struggling
2: from what i've or looked at at triple a he's been pitching really well right so but
3: he looked like that they caught him up as well the first time around
2: does he really need time though at triple a i think if they're gonna but also you're in a playoff hunt so you know do you waste starts by saying you know obviously he's already dominated triple a so there's nothing really for him to do there but if he's still gonna struggle in the majors he's not gonna help us win now so and
3: the third guy i'm gonna throw in that mix because we've seen him start and we've seen him as a relief pitcher is dl hall
2: right Uh, he hasn't done that well in the minors this year so i don't i don't know if they'd bring him up i think A better option for them would be to try to get relievers because the starting pitching has been all right. I think you have enough guys that can win. You still probably need, though, that number one ace if you want to win a World Series.
3: Yes, because let's say they make it good distance in the playoffs, game seven situation. Do you really have a guy that you can go out there with full confidence in a game seven situation? The answer is no. So,
2: Especially against the top teams in the AL, where you know they have mm-hmm. bats up and down their lineup. so, And they have guys that
3: are. Yeah. Guys shut that down you can trust your in the Game up. 7 situation. It'll be a tough
1: uh, series to start for the Orioles. They'll begin the second half with a three-game set against the Miami Marlins, who are a team resurgent this year who potentially could be a wild-card team.
2: Yeah,
3: I think it's a really tough stretch for the A's. Yeah, it's a tough uh, end of July. I I was looking at Miami,
2: L.A., Dodgers, Tampa Bay, Philly, New York, Toronto, and then... New
1: York Mets or
2: Yankees? Yankees. Yankees. And then you get the Mets, and then Houston, you know, don't need to give the whole rest of the season. But you have a pretty tough stretch, really, until Oakland, until you head to Oakland.
3: But if you can get through this month and be in the remaining games 500 plus. I- I'm content. Do I think they can surpass Tampa? Probably not even though they're they're only two, two back. games back right now because the got a last up. stretch of Tampa was poor for them, but at the same time they were playing the Braves. So it'd be great to see the Orioles win the division I'd feel more comfortable in their chances if they won the division instead of obviously having to play wild card situations where it's a winner take all thing but we'll see I mean it's still a good team that I think can go far in the postseason. but at the same time you need to make some moves at the pitching
1: yeah I would agree probably making some moves there in the pitching Uh, For the Nationals, obviously they're a team that uh, is not going to contend this year or probably next year, but I I think they did themselves a solid in the draft by drafting a guy that could come in and play in the next couple of seasons in Dylan Cruz, and you got to think, maybe do they use – are they going to bridge Lane Thomas as their guy until the future, or are they going to go out and try to trade him to a contending team because he was was a fringe all-star guy.
2: Yeah, how old is he, 28?
1: Yeah. They got him in the John Lester trade where they just sent off John Lester to the, I think, Cubs. Yeah. Just or, for money. No,
2: they got him from the Cubs, I think. Yeah. I don't remember where they sent They sent, sent
1: John Lester to the Cubs, the Cubs. I think.
2: That could be right. Or maybe the Cardinals. I don't know. I'm just John John trying to Lester think of teams that need outfielders. I mean, somebody would probably take on a... a Bad and Thomas, he probably has too still a lot of control left. So I don't know if there's any reason to rush trading him. Um, I would probably, unless there's you're going to get really good prospects, which I don't think you would. I'd probably hold on to him. Um, they
1: traded the Cardinals in exchange for John Lester, and that was just to get John Lester off the books.
2: Yep. I'd probably hold on to him because I don't think you're going to get a whole lot back for a 28-year-old center fielder that's 20, only had one good year. 27. Okay, he's 27, so that's even better. He's got years of control left, I would presume. So, uh, you know, maybe you trade him when Cruz is ready to take over, but also outfield you can move those guys around. So I'd probably hold on to him, honestly.
3: Yeah, I think he need to be a guy that you hold on to unless there's a surprisingly kind off similar to get Cedric refused. Mullins yeah
2: I mean Mullins was an all-star but he was nearly an all-star it was like people talked about maybe trading him and now it seems like Mullins is their center fielder and, and they're sticking with that plan to keep him and I think that's worked out well for the O's so maybe Thomas becomes your guy in center field and then
3: you have I mean I just don't Knight see a trade for him yet because as you said it's his first year of really performing well even though he is batting over 300 so that's pretty solid numbers there unless you at think him.
2: you just kind of got lucky that he's playing well and you trade him like the orioles did before jorge you're, Lopez. you're not going
3: to get guys for a farm system I, I feel like just from him this year now if he finishes Probably this something. year pretty well
2: i don't know how good they'll be but.
1: it'd be interesting to see when the mlb or you know whoever these people the mlb.com's pipeline or bleacher report Whenever they release the updated farm systems after the MLB draft, it'll be interesting to see how much the Nationals jump, because they got some good guys there in the first, second, and even third round. I could see them as a top ten. That uh, just by having you know one bad you know bad couple of seasons, they basically rebuilt their whole farm system for a team that used a lot of their farm system right. to either trade or guys come up over the last 10 years to do to have the run that they did that ultimately culminated with the world series and that's something that i think you know as os fans you guys got to be wary of it might not happen this year it might not happen in four years it might happen in six years
3: yeah but bits and pieces of the
1: farm system or trading off the farm system to get actual big guys
3: yeah that's what you need to do either build through the farm system or find ways via trades to build that farm system or use your farm system to Win now, but you see teams right now like the Braves, like the Marlins, like Baltimore, all through the farm system succeeding right now. Even Tampa. So,
2: I think if the Nats are going to be trading anyone, I think Trevor Williams could be an option. I don't know, like he's you wobble, wouldn't though. You wouldn't get much, but he's got a four-four-five. So, like somebody might take him as their fifth starter. What do you think about Patrick Corbin? He's had some good starts of late. He's got a lot of money on that contract. Yeah, he's had some good starts of late, though.
1: A lot of quality starts since the first month of the season, including the last one. I believe he won seven innings. I think overall. Seven strikeouts.
2: He He's declined quite a bit. He's been up and down. He did just have, you know, a good game on the knife, but on the fourth he gave up six to Cincinnati. So it's inconsistent still, and I think with that contract, I don't think anybody's going to take him on.
1: Yeah. Colin, any thoughts on
3: that? No, n- not anything else.
1: All right, well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford. Revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. The MLB, or excuse me, the NBA, uh, has approved two new rule changes for next season. We'll talk about those and wrap up this edition of the Sports Mix on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. We'll be back in two minutes.
3: I was saying to you swinging to me, I was never been more free. Fight up my daddy's lighter and we sang.
5: Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Me
4: is everywhere. I'm in new bangs, and you can't stop staring at me. That's it. Just tilt the rearview mirror over here. And while you're checking me out more times in a library book, your car is wandering into that lane over there. More bangs. <laughs> Neat. And if you've got cut rate insurance, you can be paying for this yourself. So get Allstate. Call Martinsburg Allstate agent Gary Kelly today at 304-263-4596.
1: Jambo Construction and Fencing Company, LLC, is a veteran-owned and operated company right here in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia that specializes in decks, fencing, and hardscaping. Find us on Facebook at Jambo Construction and Fencing to see more of the projects we've completed. For a free estimate, you can call Bo Bartley at 304-268-5452 or Jamie Gall at 304-279-5053. We are licensed and insured in the state of West
0: Virginia, and as Martinsburg alums, we say, go Bulldogs. You're tuned into the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV Ten. When I
1: was fifteen, I had a running back dreams, but never did run too far.
0: Don't I was
1: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin. Happy to have you with us here as we welcome you back for this final segment of today's edition of the Sports Mix here as we'll talk some NBA new rules coming into play. Uh, yesterday we talked about the um, in-season tournament that's going to happen that uh, just doesn't doesn't seem like the best thing to happen ever. Uh, probably, we. I think we all agree, shortening the season and then having it, adding it to the end of the season would be cool.
2: Not, that's called the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> but I would shorten the season because I think that would be better for having the regular season mean more. It was kind of my point. Uh, but, I mean, I think this is a decent attempt to try to make those games mean more, but I don't know if I'll be super intrigued by it or not. I'm, I'm I just open-minded
3: don't about it. get how we can say oh you're in-season champion like who cares y- were you the NBA champion
2: I don't know Colin maybe in were ten years, years we'll be saying Jordan never got an NBA cup but Jimmy <laughs> Butler got five
3: of them are we going <laughs> to say this guy's a Hall of Famer because he has five you're saying four years we we'll say no I said finals I mean,
2: ten years I think that's what I said oh. if could I said four that? years that'd
3: be funnier though yeah could you imagine there's some guy that comes through ah five in-season champions but no finals rings hall of fame
2: i mean they'd be hall of fame probably anyway would they yeah if they're i mean the nba hall of fame the basketball hall of fame is not like that crazy to get into like christian leitner's in the basketball hall of fame just because he was a good college player
1: All right, well, some more news coming out as the NBA's Board of Governors approved two rule changes that will go into effect this upcoming season, a second coach's challenge if the first one is successful, and an in-game flopping penalty that was announced at their annual meetings during the Summer League uh, that was announced yesterday. Both rule changes had been unanimously recommended to the Board of Governors by the league's competition committee, a group made up of players, union reps, Coaches, governors, and executives, as as well as referees, to be implemented this next season. Coaches have having access to a second challenge is something that teams and coaches, in particular, have been pushing for years now. If teams get a challenge correct earlier in the game, it will give them a chance for a second one later in the contest. Um, but while teams will still retain their first timeout, they will have to use they will have to call for the initial challenge. They will not get the timeout back for their second challenge, even if it's successful. Uh, new rule implemented also to curb the instances of flopping in games. Now, a referee calls a flop, there will be a non-sportsmanlike technical foul called on the offending player on the offending player's team, and the opposing team will get a free throw. Referees also won't have to stop play to call a flop, as they can wait until the next stop in live action if needed to make the call. Possession will not change, however. Flopping violations can't be directly reviewed by a coach's challenge. They can, however, be added to a call during a review of a different play. The league's pre-existing post-game flopping violation structure, will stay in place with financial penalty having changed to mirror that of technical fouls while fines beginning at $2,000 and increasing for each repeated offense. Flop call during games, however, will result in free throw for the other team. Uh, they'll do this on a one-year trial basis. Thoughts?
3: I hope it sticks. I am sick and tired, especially in the NBA, of flopping on both sides of the ball. You see it offensively where guy puts up a three-pointer, kicks out his leg to initiate contact and then fall backwards, or obviously the defensive flop of taking a charge or having contact and falling backwards to try to get the call it's ridiculous play the game as it's supposed to don't try to cheap your way into a foul and i think it'll stop because it'll allow a free throw
2: i think colin summed it up pretty well uh don't really have much else to add but good stuff colin
1: thank you All right, well, that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll be back on the air today at 4.45 p.m. as we get you set for Legion Baseball Action Live for P.O. Faulkner Park, starting at 5 p.m. for a double header. And the second game slated for 7 p.m. between the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets and the North Berkeley Knights in this area game. Uh, that'll do it for us here for Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzlini. I'm Spencer Fleas saying so long. We'll talk to you again tonight and then tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, everyone.
0: Martinsburg Bulldogs play here, only on Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg.